This is Talk is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Come along as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. Mr. Stelter, sniped you. You're going to have to edit that. <laughs> no way. Uh, so it's been a, almost a month since we've talked. We 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 put a bunch in the in the burner um, to to go. I, I, I was away for a couple of weeks and uh, on business and a holiday. So yeah, we're why well, I, I we're, we're back at it. So uh, feels good to be back behind the mic. And this is a good one. Like uh, uh, this is transmission the film. Uh, this is something the Wild Sheep Study BC has been working on for well this is year three and a half where we started in 18 and here we are in 22 now with a, yeah, a finished product amazing and uh it as you'll find out it was freaking worth the wait uh, oh, this, yeah. this this film is it crushes it's unbelievable it tells a an incredible story um and i, I can't wait to, for our members to see it so oh, yeah just awesome. Jesse sent me a link to it last night and he's like, yeah, I've got an hour to sit down and watch before the podcast. And wow. <laughs> it just, it, he asks me in the pod what I, what I thought of it. And I think my exact word was, wow. It was, it was scientific enough to understand without being in your face. It was emotive and it, it hits all the boxes is, uh, uh, being an educational film that, you're not going to want to turn away from it. You know, a lot of these, uh, these productions can be dry and it's like, oh, okay, I don't really want to watch this and you don't really absorb it. And this is complete opposite. So it's, it's going to be good to see how uh, the community reacts to it. I think it's going to be very, very successful. Yeah. It's very exciting. So if you're keen on going out and seeing it, you, you get a chance to, and, and this is, this is a one-off and it's very narrow window, but um, it's not going to be public released for quite some time. And the, the reason for that you'll hear in the, in the um, podcast is that we want it to go through the film festival circuit and uh, you can't have it out there publicly if it's going through film festivals. So it's going to be held back. Um, but there are private screenings and there's going to be one on april 23rd in prince george you and i are going to be up there steve um it's a wild sheep society bc event we're going to do horn aging with bill jacks we got a full day it starts at 2 p.m and goes till late at night and we're going to do a screening of this film so you're going to get a chance to see it first and you're going to be the first uh screening of it in a public setting but it is a, considered a private event because you, you have to um be a member you have to buy tickets to show up and and be part of it so um if you're interested, uh, we'd love to have uh, have you join join us. Um, so we got the horn aging, we got a silent auction, we got a bunch of raffle tickets available. You can come out and get some of our cool raffle tickets for these raffles we currently have on the go. And we have so Trench Brewing's holding it in Prince George. Don't show up in the door because you're not going to get in. You need a ticket. You go to our website and buy those, and they're going to sell out because we're three quarters of the way there. We only got a handful left anyway. Uh, you show up and. Uh, so for dinner, I just got the text from Jesse over at Trench, and it's uh, Texas-style brisket yep. on the smoker. He says it's going on at 3 a.m. to be served at 6 p.m. the next yeah. night. Yeah, they do amazing food there. They really do. I, I, I My mouth was watering listening to him. So um, so he said that, and then what else was there? There was uh, mac and cheese. You get a beer with your registration. Um, what else was there? Um, mashed potatoes, salad, dessert. 
cornbread, regular jalapeno. Yeah. It's like uh, it's worth just going for dinner. I'm oh, absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we'll have uh, merchandise on site, some of our new stuff that uh, you get to see in person. Our Eat, Sleep, Sheep repeat shirts are there. We'll have the Ovis Dali shirts, Ovis Dali hats, the new leather patch hats, water bottles. We're going to have it all there. So uh, yeah, uh, and some and some kick-ass giveaways as well. So it's uh, going to be a good time. You're going to be uh, learning a heck of a lot. And yeah, it, you get to watch film, drink beer, eat brisket. Where's Where's the downside? So we're launching our new Wild Sheep Society BC beer. Some of you guys heard us talk about our Blue Bunch uh, bourbon style whiskey that we we've paired with um, uh, Okanagan spirits with. And and now we've teamed up with Trench Brewing and they're doing a uh, California, what is it called? A California lager? Maybe that's not the right word. But I can't remember. Anyone that's, that's had Trench beer, it's bloody amazing. They, yes. they're, they do a fantastic job there. Brew pub in uh, microbrewery in Prince George. They've been around a long time. They do a great job, and um, and this beer, I can't wait to to get my hands on it. We sold a, our first batch of it at our Salute to Conservation, so we're launching that in uh, Prince George. You'll be able to buy it there. You can take uh, a four pack away, and for every four pack that sold, I think one dollar goes to the Wild Sheep Society of BC. So again, you're drinking beer and putting wild sheep on the mountain. Doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, and I'm I'm lucky to live 15 minutes away from Trench. So yeah, I've tried their food i've tried all their beers and they haven't disappointed it's gonna be an amazing time so all right so with that uh, sit back relax and uh, you're gonna listen to jesse bone jesse's a director with the wild sheep society bc owner of filter studios film producer responsible for the wild sheep society bc film transmission enjoy if we told you tomorrow that elk black bear and bighorn sheep were next would you speak up Wildlife needs to be managed by science and not by emotion. And you don't have to be a hunter to take part in this movement. You just have to want sound management of our wildlife in BC. Go to wildsheepsociety.com slash act now to use your voice and demand that BC not use our wildlife as pawns in a game of social management. Act now. Or the things that you love could be next. Mr. Jesse Bone, welcome to the cast. Well, thanks for having me. That's some uh, some very positive, um, uplifting energy that you bring, Kyle. Well, this is exciting. We've been waiting for this for four years now, literally four years. And man, are, I'm so stoked. Um, I can't wait to talk transmission. Oh, did I let the cat out of the bag? <laughs> uh, well, it's up to you and what you want to let out. But um, yeah, it has been... It has been um, the longest, actually, the longest project that uh, I've ever worked on and, and the most meaningful, well, it turned into the most meaningful for sure. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Okay, so we're going to back the bus up here. We're going to go back to um, July 1st, 1946 when you're, okay, oh, wait, wait, no, sorry. Well, let's, let's learn a little <laughs> bit, first of all. So uh, Jesse Bone to me is many things. Um, so let's let the podcast world let uh, let them know who you are, where you come from, um, why you do what you do, and and let's talk um, your day job, and then let's talk wild sheep. So, and I know there's a bit of a mixture there too. So let's talk about all of that. Oh boy. Um, well, I guess um, bullet point bullet point I, uh, way to say it is I was born in northern BC, born and raised in Terrace, um, and. Uh, Went to school in the Lower Mainland 
and somehow ended up um, putting roots down in Nanaimo on the island uh, after my wife and I got married. I, uh, I'm quite well known amongst my friends as um, a person that's probably had every job that, uh, that could be <laughs> other than uh, doing retail. Um, kind of a blue collar guy growing up, um, was raised on a farm. Uh, yeah, my first job was a ranch hand. So um, yeah, I did that from age 13 to 17. And then kind of as I grew up and uh, uh, evolved uh, with my intelligence, I guess would be the best way to say it. Um, I got into more of the creative space and uh, the started out then as a photographer. So I was a professional photographer for three years and then uh, met my now business partner, Tash, where we started a video production company and uh, been doing that in the video production world for coming up on 10 years now. That's, that's a long time. Whereabouts in the mainland did you go to school? Uh, I went to uh, the University College of the Fraser Valley. Oh, now UFV. UFC, yeah. Or UF, UFV, right? I think UFV, so. yeah. Um, yeah, I did my uh, Bachelor's of Business Administration in Aviation. I got my pilot's oh. license. And, um, oh, yeah. If we want to go through the amount of careers that I've had, we can... That's a whole other podcast. Kyle will tell you all about me and my aircraft background as well. So that's, <laughs> we will, let's do that for sure. I love, I love flying. Um, unfortunately it didn't work out as a career for me. I was a flight dispatcher for a while Okay, and, uh, I used to be the guy that would, uh, give flight plans and make, do all the hard work for guys like Kyle and just oh. hand them a paper. And, uh, anyway, so how's the weather down there? <laughs> oh, so, wait a minute. You got to dispatch that. Uh, you got to, you got to answer that there, uh, flight dispatcher, the pilot can. So Jesse, with regards to, um, your career, um, and you, so let's, let's talk a little bit too about, um, your, how you got involved in the wild sheep world and, and where that came from. And it's interesting. Most people come to us through different ways and, and you kind of came to us through a different channel that uh, we've never kind of seen before. And, and, and it's pretty emotive actually, when you tell your story and I, I love hearing it. So let, let's hear how you got involved with the wild sheep society, BC. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one for sure. Um, I think it's uncommon in our, in our space, especially when you get into the leadership of the wild sheep society. Um, a lot of people, uh, come from, a from a hunting background from those kind of, um, experiences in those wild places that really, you know, they, well, they do cut deep, <laughs> but they, they, um, they're very, very meaningful. Um, and that's where people really draw that connection to those wild places and then to those wild animals and, just, uh, you know, when they get home and they're thinking about those, um, they want to do more. Um, and that's where they draw their connection. It was a bit different for me. Um, you know, initially from where it really first started was, uh, I believe it was July of 2019 was introduced, um, to the wild sheep society by, um, I think it was Sabrina who used to be the executive assistant or executive director or whatever her role was back then. And she just approached us about um, this, uh, this issue, this mycoplasma over pneumonia and um, said, we need to do a film about it and gave us a space to dig in. Um, and uh, so we did that. Um, we filmed some stuff, came up with the concept, started to get into this film. Um, it was, it was very interesting 
getting to know the world of wildlife biology even more um, and just kind of building out a storyline to what we were going to do. Um, and then we came to uh, a capture and call event that was coming up that had our whole team, um, had biologists, had First Nations, had local representatives, had guide outfitters um, representation there. It was an event that we knew we were going to include in our film. So we all went. And um, it was, um, it was, it was, I mean, it's in the film. You'll see um, what it's like. But it was one of those experiences um, that's hard to put into words. Uh, it's kind it's similar to how us, um, you know, the people that hunt, how we try to explain that feeling about being out there, you know, when you, uh, when you just feel that connection. So it was new. Um, and it was this, this, what happened at that event and just being there with the people and just going through the emotions that were involved with that capturing call, um, was so powerful for all of us involved. And at that point, um, the film turned into something more than just a contract that we were fulfilling to a client. Um, it really turned into something that meant so much more. And then it cascaded from there of to, of just digging deeper into the conservation world and the, the, um, well, I mean, there was motivation there already from from Tash and I as a, you know, we communicate things, you know, we we share stories and we do all that. And for years we had been um, just, just trying to bring what reality was to the hunting world and to the conservation world and trying to share real stories. So we were aware of that um, and we just wanted to, 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 tell those real stories in a meaningful way and try to communicate that feeling when you're out there. So anyways, this film turned into um, something that we thought and realized right away that could, you know, we could communicate that and we, it had the potential. Um, and so I think at that point is when uh, Tash and I both agreed um, same with Dan, our director that um we are going to make the best film possible. We're not going to just fulfill this contract. And I mean, thankfully, um, the society was, was so open to that. And it was always a quantity or sorry, not quantity, uh, quality over quantity um, uh, ethos that we said that we got. We said, and I, I remember talking to the leadership and um everybody involved in those early stages and they're just like, make a good film, make it good, make it good, make it good. Um, and so that, that really enabled us and empowered us. And I told my team, I said, this is our, our theory. So anyways, all of that, um, was, was, it cut so deep that when I think, uh, a seat opened up on the, on the board, it was, um, I was so motivated and so willing to do, whatever was possible, um, for these animals, just from that, you know, two or three day connection that I had with them, that I put my name forward as a director. Um, and I know I was talking to you, Kyle, I was like, uh, like, is this, is this something that I can help? Can I help at all? And you were very encouraging and, um, very, uh, 
I know affirming that that was a good decision that I should get involved and it has been an immersive journey ever since. Yeah, it's been exciting to to watch this evolution, to watch this evolution in the film itself, but uh, in an individual too, right? Like I've, I didn't know you well at the, at the outset of this and just to see your evolution and your enthusiasm and and I can just see it in the film, right? Like it, it translates, like you're so passionate about it and, and, I, and Tash too, right? Like I think both of you guys are super, super passionate. I don't know Dan well. I've recently met Dan and he seems just as stoked as everyone else too. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, before we jump into the film and I want to, I really want to spend a bunch of time and, and really that's the the main gist of why we're, we're talking today. But um, were you, did, were you in the hunt space before? Did you hunt yourself? Like I know you, you and Tash did a very cool goat hunt with uh, Gooch uh, recently last year. Um, mm-hmm. Is that, was that your first harvest or, or did you hunt before that? Just out of curiosity. I'm trying to understand that. Yeah, no, um, it was, it was interesting. Uh, Tash and I always joke that we spend more time together than um, we do with our, our families. Um, so we've kind of joined that that hunting journey at the same time. Um, there's a long story as to why we, we got back into hunting and stuff. I was raised on a farm. I didn't do too much hunting growing up. Every once in a while, I'd go out with some friends. It was essentially just driving around in a truck looking for a, a moose, but never, never was har- harvested anything as a kid. Um, and then, um, I think it was probably about seven, eight years ago, Tash and I both just kind of jumped in and, um, got into, got into hunting and it was right around the time that Nolan from the journal, he'd moved out from, uh, Ontario and he was, uh, just getting, just getting acclimatized to everything out here. So we did a bunch of hunts with him, um, before he's now the, the infamous hardcore guide that he is now. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, so, so we, Tash and I kind of started that, uh, yeah, I think seven or eight years ago and then, um, kind of try to hunt every year, try to get out for spring bears and, um, try to find an elusive island blacktail, which I still don't think they actually exist. Um, there's city blacktail all over the place, but there's nothing out where you can, uh, harvest one. I don't believe it for a second. Um, and, um, yeah, the elk hunt, they just, so over the past seven, eight years, it's consistently hunting. Um, but, uh, that goat hunt that we did with Pete, um, well, it's such an amazing hunt. I actually filmed all that hunt. <laughs> so, um, um, we're, I, I'm hope I'm hopeful that we can finally get some time to edit that and, and share that, um, and, uh, but that was my first kind of mountain hunt or my first, uh, experience of climbing up a mountain, killing an animal and bringing it down with, you know, 120 pounds on your back, which is, you know, something that's fun on its own. So there's that famous Jack O'Connor quote about the sheep hunter, right? And goat hunter, you know, same genre without doubt. Um, they talk about that, you know, either either you love it or you'll never do it again. One of the two, I, I'll never do the, the quote justice without reading it. So um, which one was it for you? Are you going back? Are you going on a sheep hunt this year? Or are you done? You're never going back to the mountains. <laughs> it's um, it's a, it was something that was, um, in the background, heavily weighing on me of, am I going like, why are we climbing the mountain to kill this little critter? That's going to have this tiny bit of meat that I'm going to bring home and eat. 
but you know, is this all worth it? Um, and I guess timing, social timing with getting into hunting, I was part of the big movement of like, oh, I'm going to kill what I eat. Um, I'm in it for the food. That's obviously evolved into a more deep, deep and meaningful understanding of, of hunting in general and, and being out there in, in that connection. Um, so yes, it was like, am I, am I, am I hunting for this, for adventure? Is this something that I want in my brain and in my, like, in my thinking, it makes sense and I really want it, but am I actually going to feel that when I get to the top of the mountain and I'm, you know, feeling all those feels. And I remember, so, um, not too much of a tangent. It was an amazing hunt. Um, uh, there were so many goats. We were blown away. We didn't know if there was water up top. The creek dried out halfway up. So we were like, let's take a chance. It was so hot. We ran out of water by the time we got up there. And I, I, so I filmed Tasha's um, hunt. And then I had the opportunity to go for one. And I just remember getting up that morning. And Pete and I went on the stock. We climbed up the mountain and kind of did this ridge play on this goat. And I had so much energy and I had so much like stoke climbing. And just, I remember looking and talking with Pete as we were climbing where I'm just like smiling and it all felt great. And uh, so we got up there and it, it all worked out. Don't worry. My, if we release the film, my hunt's not part of the film. So don't worry. I got up there and made a play, um, got the go. It was amazing experience. And uh, Pete, we, uh, we were butchering it on the top. It was just like, yes, 100%. I will be doing this until the day I die on top of a mountain hunting a critter. This, this is um, something that means so much to me more than just, uh, you know, something fun. Yeah, right on. Yeah, very cool. Um, I can't wait to see that film. And, and you know, you guys got some such cool photos and you've already told some social media stories around it. So you've you framed it well. So I can't wait to, to see more on that. But OK, so now we're going to talk. Um, we're going to talk this new film from um, the Wild Sheep Society of BC that that you've led through. So let's give a little bit of background, set us up on who Filter Studios is you talked a little bit about your background in the film industry, even in the industry and, and your, where you went to school. Just tell us the, the moving parts, your role, and, and then the evolution of, of how this film came to be. Yeah, so um, Filter Studios is myself and Tash. That is our, our uh, production company. Um, we we you know, expand and contract teams based on project scope. So we have a Rolodex of, uh, of people that we, we bring on um, as needed. Um, so for this, we, we brought on our, our friend and, um, very capable director, uh, Dan Minsky. He's very well versed in the, uh, in the hunting world and the outdoor space. The analogy I give for Dan, or at least I do in my own head is that I use him like I need a drill bit. Like if I have something that I need to really get into, the inside and really understand and see what's on the inside. I put Dan onto it. He is so good at just having those pointed, respectful conversations, but he gets to the root of what the issue is or what makes people tick. And um, if you spend some time with Dan, which I'm sure, and I hope that both of you can, um, you'll see that um, the energy that he brings is just, he's, he lives on the outside. There's no like inside. He just like, he talks and anyway, so he's my, my, my drill bit. And, um, 
Um, so with this project, we brought him on. Um, and one of the things um, that there was, because there was a lot of unknowns with um, with what we were creating with, with this film. Um, so we made that team. Um, it was myself, um, Tash, and Dan as kind of the core team. And then... Um, kind of dug into it. And, and all we knew, like um, when I talked with the society early on, um, all that was kind of communicated was that there was this disease that was, uh, that happened amongst domestic sheep and wild sheep. Um, and it's called mycoplasma ovo pneumonia uh, or MOVI for short. Um, so, so we dug in and got into it and then started to expand who really was uh, part of all of this issue and learned about Jeremy from the BC Sheep Separation Program, learned learned who Chris Proctor was, the wildlife biologist. Um, and well, and, and I mean, and we tried to keep our focus on the Fraser herd because that's where the, the efforts and the, um, the heavy focus was at the time and I mean, still is with the society. Um, and so just just got into that world and got immersed um, to really figure out what the true point of it was, um, because we didn't want to just create an uh, like this is what movie is, um, you know, talking heads of people explaining what it is and saying, oh, this is the issue. We really wanted to get to the root of it. So um, we really dug in and um, and came up with with, I think, a storyline that. Um, that really hits deep. One of the things that, well, there's lots of things, but one of the main things we do um, as a quote unquote production company um, is really start out with a goal and really start out with what we're trying to accomplish and then um, focus on the heart. Um, so when we present characters, when we present storylines, um, we really focus on trying to engage people in a meaningful way rather than just um, so <laughs> Tash and I were talking about it recently that, you know, a lot of the work that we do really focuses on the heart of the story and um, not necessarily a heavy focus on, you know, like uh, big fancy cameras or movements and cinematic vibe. Um, that's, that's all part of it. But as a, as, as our core elements, um, it's really hard to teach um, creating engaging stories Um it's pretty easy to learn camera movements and stuff. It's hard to get good at it. But um, from a producer standpoint, I can hire out those kind of things. But I can't hire out someone who knows how to build and engage a story and communicate emotion well. Um, so that is a big focus of what we were trying to do um, with this film is really create engagement because one of the goals from the get-go was that we need to create awareness about this issue. Um, and how do we do that? And how can a film, you know, kind of engage people in a, in a certain point or come bring them to a certain point of, you know, being aware and wanting to do something about this issue. So how, you know, at the start, how do we form a story where people are engaged enough that they, they want to do something? Um, and that's kind of where we've come to now. So you talk about awareness and you want to create awareness. Um, around this issue of Movi. Who is this film built for? Is it built for Wild Sheep Society BC members? Is it built for hunters? Who, who's, and I'm setting up here. I've seen the film, I, I, but <laughs> get, give our listeners a bit of a, and so is Steve. And, and it's absolutely freaking amazing, by the way. Um, I, I just cannot wait to share it with our, 
with our people who, you know, were integral in making this happen and, and supporting the cause. But let's talk about who this film is for and why it's so important, Jesse. Yeah, that's what a great question, Kyle. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that and that was the 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 one of the goals off the top too of of who the, the tar- our target audience is for this. Um, and uh, society was very clear that the target audience is not who's in our echo chamber. We don't just want to um, communicate to the hunting and conservation world of you know this is this is an issue because everybody in our space knows about this we really wanted to reach beyond and, and again, go to the core issue of what's, what's um, where, where the greatest change is going to happen. And so our target audience is those domestic farm producers, um, farmers, 4-H club members, um, a lot of people that probably don't exist on social media, a lot of people that have these farms that are off grid and um, that are out there Um that's really who our target audience is and who we're trying to reach with this. And that's why we've taken this different approach to, to this film. I'm, I'm curious to hear from, uh, you mentioned it a little bit, Kyle. Um, I know that Steve just was able to watch the film last night. I'm curious to hear what your impressions are, Steve. In a word. Wow. Uh, I was looking at it through a, a complete objective lens, not as a hunter, but as somebody, I, I know of Movi, I know what it does, but I don't know much more beyond that. And I thought the first 30 seconds was that hook. You know, we, we've discussed the hook many, many times on different projects. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, okay, you got me. And before I knew it, I'm looking at the time because it's what, 52, 54 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. I look at the time, I'm like, holy shit, 38 minutes. And it was just, it was really well laid out. Um, and I, I think it does the job beautifully. It lets you know the the who, what, when, where, why, and how, and how we need to deal with it. So there were some, mm-hmm. some great lines in there from uh, some of our heavy hitters that uh, <laughs> should hold people to accountability. And Well, hopefully. And uh, I, yeah, I, I'm stoked to see where it goes. I'm glad to hear it. So are you, are you able to, to share a little bit about any storylines or anything, or is that, is that saved for people to just experience it? Do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I think there's some important things here that happen. Like to me, this film uh, is so symbolic of the work the Wild Sheep Society of BC has been doing mm-hmm. for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, our disease work, our education, the work we're doing on the landscape, the test and remove that we're doing on the Fraser River ecosystem, our biggest project to date, um, the relationships we built we built with domestic producers and, and farmers and the egg community, um, and the freaking frustration that we spent 30 years and what do we have to show for it? Wild yeah. sheep are still dying every single day. And there's so many aspects of it and it's really, really all-encompassing. And you guys touch on every single one of them, right? It's, it's phenomenal actually. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe can we talk a little bit of some of those issues and, and the film and, and, um, well, I think it's, um, I think we want to keep as much as the film, um, to the, to the screening events and to the festivals as much as possible because, um, but well, what I will say to that is, you know, what Tash and I really try to do, and working with Dan really try to do is, is create story. And actually, you know, we talk about a hook and we talk about a beginning, a middle and an end. So you have a, you know, a climax or a resolution, and then you have, you know, 
uh, how the story kind of evolves and the hero's journey and, you know, ha have all this kind of stuff. And it's very rare that we have um, the client, the patients, the timelines to actually build those out. Um, and this film, we're able to do that. So we have a, we have, as Steve said, a hook, which hooks you in. We have a beginning, we have a middle, we have an end. There's this, this film is pretty much an hour long. So it's meant to, you know, you sit down and you can be immersed and lost in the story. And so we take you on that journey so that you can, and, and again, it was put together so that someone with no understanding at all, that has no idea what Moby is, can sit down, can uh, be educated to a certain level so that they're not, you know, um, lost or um, overwhelmed or anything like that, just enough so that they understand they're taken on a journey where we go to the dark places that we need to go. And then we go to the light places and then we go to the positive of what's next and, and kind of next steps. Um, so it's a journey. That's what I'll say um, about the film. But I think it's important that, um, that, that we recognize that it was, it was, built for not our hunting community. It was built for as an outreach tool. We're trying to get people out, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, as we're, um, as I'm, you know, talking about our distribution strategy and how we're going to put this film out there, that's a big reason why it's not just out on the internet and out um, um, on the internet lands. Um, it, we're, we're trying to draw people out. We're trying to draw people to events. We're trying to, um, use this as a tool and not just be um, a piece of content that lives out there. So um, I think our timing is is pretty spectacular with, um, you know, in-person events are, are kicking off now. I think, I mean, I am, I'm dying to get out and, and, and get to events and stuff. Um, so we can really, we can really utilize that in our communities and stuff and, and draw people out. Um, so it's like, um, we're having, uh, I was going to screen the film with, with a couple characters that are in it. And um, we were just going to go to their place and we were going to say, here, before it kind of comes out publicly here, check out the film. And then um, they're like, oh, well, our neighbor heard about it and wants to come out and see it. And then, okay, yeah, that's cool. And then blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, well, this person heard about it. This other person who's a farmer heard about it. This person owns the brewery in town. They're willing to shut it down for a night to come out. And then now all of a sudden we've gone from screening the film privately with a couple care with a family that's in the film to now we have over, I think, 40, 40 people coming to this private event um, includes the MLA, includes Ministry of Ag, includes um, wildlife biologists, includes um, domestic sheep farmers, people that have been interested in getting their flock tested to participate with Helen, our main character. All these people are coming out now to this event. So now we have a, a way where we can not only show the film, but then we can engage with them afterwards, which also puts the work that the society's done and, and all the time and all the energy that's gone into it. I wouldn't want to say a pedestal, but it just puts or validates us out there. It validates um, what the society does and how the society approaches these kind of issues. Um, we're a boots on the ground organization and it's about putting money on the ground. Um, it's not about the politics and stuff, but unfortunately you got to play that game sometimes, but um, yeah, that's so, so that's just kind of, and I think once people 
watch the film, they understand the potential and the power that um, this film has. So that's why we're really trying to do these in-person events and why we're really trying to draw people out. Because again, the film is the excuse for people to gather and then the Q&As and the workshops afterwards of, of really educating people on the next steps um, is, uh, is, is what the fulfillment is and, and, and how we can really make that change stick. So let's talk a little bit about the rollout, the distribution strategy. What does that look like? What, where, where can, so you talked about some screenings, people are involved, they want to see it. Um, what, what's your, I guess, your, your tour, your film tour, what does that look like short term? And then let's talk timelines. And then ultimately, when can people get on get on the interweb or wherever it go, they are and, and have a look at it? Is it 10 years from now? Is it six months? Is it <laughs> next week? Well, hopefully, um, hopefully not. Like it's hopefully not as 10 years. It's not 10 years, but hey, you come out to an event and you don't have to wait 10 years. <laughs> um, no, but I'm kidding. It's um, so initially we're starting off. Um, so one of the things in getting into this um, issue and getting into um, especially spending a lot of time with um, Jeremy and the BC Sheep Separation Program um, like that guy and his program is so key to what um, what um, the society does uh, in this, the sheep separation issue and what it is and, and the whole project um, Jeremy um, is key to that in his program and I remember when I, I was like what do you, what do you do with your job? And he knocks on doors and he hands out fact sheets and pamphlets. I was like, cool. Like where you, you must have a website where this information lives and stuff. And he goes, no, I don't have a website. <laughs> He's got a Gmail account and a phone number and that's it. So what we're, what we're, what we're doing is also creating a website. That's, that's part and parcel where we centralize all our information about the film, but more importantly, where we centralize information about Movi. So we centralize um, articles, issues, contact information, collaborative partners, who wants to be involved. So that way when Jeremy's or anybody's doing outreach to anybody, you can just say go to this website and you have all the information. And if you want to contact the Wild Sheep Society, contact there. If you want to contact um, HCTF, they're there. If you want to contact Jeremy with the BC Sheep Separation Program, he's there. So it's all just a centralized um, tool. Um, so there's that level of engagement that we're trying to, to do, um, right now the, the website is, is got a coming soon page up, but it'll be, uh, it'll be up in the next couple of days, um, with what it, uh, with when it goes live. Anyways, the, uh, th- so the overall strategy again is to, this is a market or, uh, uh, an awareness tool to raise awareness about Movi. So, um, a big emphasis that we got from the society was that festivals, we want this film to go in festivals to reach beyond um, our reach and to reach into the general public and to reach outside of the hunting and conservation space. Um, and so with timing and what, what festivals are doing is right now is all about applications. It's all about submitting your films to festivals. They usually run through the fall into the spring. Um, so right now we're, we're basically submitting this film to all the festivals and entering it. Um, and so a lot of those festivals have restrictions and, and, um, you know, won't be considered if it's publicly released or, or anything like that. So because that's a, that's a big goal that we try, we set up with the film and, and how we want to reach beyond, that's why we're going to, um, hold off on releasing it publicly, um, via YouTube or Vimeo or anything like that. Um, 
and in the meantime, while we wait for those festivals to get um, established and announced and, and the film to go through these festivals, um, we're going to do a private tour. So we're going to set up um, events, these private screen events. Some of them are going to be WSSBC events and like on the 23rd of April um, as a members only event. And we're going to have the film there and screen to, to screen to our members um, and, and others are going to be just locations and we're going to find a theater, find a university, um, find anywhere to, to kind of screen the event and, and work, hopefully work with local 4-H clubs and work with um, the Ministry of Ag and, and kind of build these outreach tools um, as, we, as we develop this. So the spring, summer is going to be these private tour events and um, the best, I, I mean, I, I can't really say exactly what all the dates are right now because we're just waiting for, for confirmations on events and locations and, and stuff like that. But it's, it's all, you know, coming out very, very soon. Um, we're just waiting for confirmations. Um, but our, our focus is going to be in the, and as I built the tour, we've I've focused the destinations on where domestic farms are and domestic sheep producers are. Um, so a lot in, in Southern BC, um, and uh, a few up north. I think we go as far north as northeastern. I think so. Smithers, Dawson Creek are on the on the radar for for a tour. Um, so I'm going to release the initial tour. But there's also you know I'm also building out a screener package. So if anybody wants to host an event, you know we don't want to be a huge roadblock to creating awareness to it. Um, but I, I, I am very aware of, you know, there is a, a sensitivity on, on this issue and, and, um, we have to be aware of that. And so over the spring and summer is going to be private events. Um, and then into the fall will be festivals. Once we have a, a clear indication of, of our festival run, then we will determine our public release, um, which will probably happen in the fall or, or into early next year, but. Yeah, come out to events. So come support. Yeah, so for our members, if they're really keen and they want to get the first glimpse of this, they're the first private screening in public. <laughs> if I could say that <laughs> is April twenty third in Prince George, and you can buy tickets to that event. Um, go to our website, get signed up, and you can come and see the film. And then we're going to do a Q and A afterwards. You're going to be there. Yeah. Um, Tash is going to be there. We're going to talk about the film, the impact. And so, and then we have a whole bunch of other stuff planned that day too. But uh, so April 23rd is that first one. And yeah, anyone that wants to, uh, it, of course you have to pay for it. It's not free. Um, but again, um, this is to support our mission and what we're doing here for, how do people, for conservation. How do people get tickets? I've been asked twice today how the tickets are selling. Uh, I think I just said go to our website. It's on the homepage. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know what people take, right? Sometimes you got to say three times. How are tickets selling? Yeah, another question. Uh, it's good. We've got a handful left, and and honestly, it will it, it will sell out, and we're not that far off. We're three quarters of the way there, and and I think once people this goes, it's gonna they're gonna sell pretty quickly too. So um, it's uh, it's a small event. Uh, it's an intimate uh, setting. Um, it's at Trench Brewery, uh, and again, don't just show up because you're not going to get in without a ticket. Um, we will sell out, and uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be a great night. We're looking forward to it. But yeah, WildSheepSociety.com, and uh, right on the homepage, the, the icons in the middle of the page there. Click on that, and it's got the full layout. We're doing some horn aging education, um, a bunch of giveaways, a silent auction, um, and just a great fun event for the evening. Uh, we're also launching, sorry to segue, but we're going to launch our beer there as well with Trench Brewery. So 
uh, yeah, it's going to be a great night. And but the cool takeaway here is you get to see the film. You're going to meet the filmmaker. You get to sit down with Jesse, Jesse and Tash and talk, um, you know, the, about the film and, and hear their journey and, and learn more about what we're doing on the landscape. So really cool, really exciting. I can't wait. And uh, and of course, um, whatever dates we have currently, Jesse, will make sure we distribute them in the show notes here and, and make, it, make sure people are educated on it. So now, I, should we talk more distribution about the film tour or do you have more there? Because I got some stuff I want to talk about on the ag side of things and, and that that relationship or... or yeah, I think um, it's just worth mentioning that we've kind of kicked off social with the film specifically, um, Instagram uh, at MoviFree, M-O-V-I-F-R-E-E. Um, the website that we're centralizing all this that we we're talking about earlier is MoviFree.org and um, Facebook um, Transmission Film. Um, that's kind of, uh, you know, through Instagram and Facebook is where we'll be launching and um, keeping people in the know for tour dates and locations. Also on the website, as uh, details come out, there'll be all the information will be centralized on there. So, um, but yeah, I think that's pretty good for, for distribution and plan. And, um, and thank you everyone for your patience. Well, and thank you for delivering, honestly, uh, a, like a world-class film. It's unbelievable, the, the content and the quality of it. And uh, it was it was certainly worth the wait. And I, I'm so excited about this project and just sharing it with our membership. Awesome. I'm glad to hear. Okay, so let's let's segue a little bit. Uh, same talk- topic, but you talked about involving the Ministry of Agriculture. You know, we know what the heart of this issue is, that Movi kills wild sheep and, and domestic sheep are part of that issue if you will so how is this going to be received from the egg community are we making friends are we making enemies here um you talked about the ministry of ag what's their involvement are they going to be happy about this are they going to be angry about this what does this look mm-hmm. like with that relationship with agriculture yeah and and that was a big goal that we set out from the beginning is that this is a balanced message we don't want to come out and say oh this is hunters versus farmers um this is a balanced message of we're all in this together and you know, when I first got onto this, I was like, oh, how do you how do you get somebody to care about an animal that they might not care about? How do we get domestic sheep farmers to care about wild sheep? And um, initially I was like, oh, this is going to be difficult because most people just want to, you know, head down, um, do their own thing. Um, and what we found out, which, you know, that's um, a very good uh, just human behavioral uh, thing to to understand is that if people are given a reason to care, they will care. And so, you know, we we presented this in a way, and you know, luckily we found farmers that were just so eager to help and care um, in Jen and Trevor and Briscoe that they, we we were able and and had the good opportunity to present this balanced message of just here is what's going on. Um, we're not blaming anyone, but this is this is how how it's happening. And we've um, and and. I think it's going to be received well so far. Everyone that I've talked to about it um, within, um, you know, not that I've talked to everyone in ministry, um, but is, is just excited to see it and excited to share it. It's very much a collaborative effort, especially with the ministry. Um, they've been very supportive uh, from the get-go, from even talking to me as a film producer, uh, not alone, not only just um, working with the Wild Sheep Society and being a partner in this. So, you know, it's interesting. I go to the website, moviefree.org, and it's, you know, it's literally coming soon, and as it says there. But the interesting thing is, is that you know, this is a Wild Sheep Society BC uh, led film, 
and there's a bunch of domestics on there. What? So talk <laughs> a little bit about that. And there's a picture of a wildlife veterinarian. There's a bunch of domestics and a, and a farmer on there. Why isn't there a ram on there? What's the story there? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, Kyle. And I'm not making fun of you or being facetious. That is an actual great question. Again, going back to what our initial goals were and who our target audience is. We've branded this film um, to have a very um, farm domestic sheep feel. The visuals as we market it and everything will be completely focused on the domestic side of things because that's where target audience is and that's who we're trying to engage the most with this. Everyone in the sheep world, and trust me, I filmed a lot of them really good wild sheep footage in the film. Um, I'm biased because I filmed it, but I got pretty lucky and I filmed some pretty rad stuff. So don't worry, there's lots of wild sheep stuff in there um, and you will get, uh, you will you will be happy with, with what I've shot. But as for branding and, you know, what our posters are going to be, what our social media is going to be is very um, domestic centric because that's who we're trying to engage with the most. And that's most important for us um, to engage with because that's where the change needs to happen. A big part of the story is um, that, we, that we go through in the film, which is different than how we've dealt with Movi in the past, is the potential of eliminating Movi from the source rather than um, the eliminating it from the wild um, population, which is the end of, uh, of the chain. Let's go back to the beginning of where the transmission starts, where this movie all originates. originates. And so that's what we're trying to approach. And we're, we're, we're trying to get um, at movie from the source, because if we can eliminate it from the source, well, I don't really need to say anything beyond that. That's, that's where you make the greatest change to this, uh, this bacteria disease. Yeah. Um, and to me, the film, and again, I don't want to go, I don't want to give too much away, but you know, the interesting thing for the film that I find is it, it touches on the relationship between wild and domestic and the interface and, and the importance and the impact and what's happening. And, but there's two other things that are important there. It's the test and remove project we're doing in the Fraser. So, mm-hmm. so, so some very, I, I guess, landmark or, or, earth-shattering or, or significant changes in the wild sheep communities happening through that project. And, and it was kind mm-hmm. of a, a template that happened down in the um, Hell's Canyon first, and it, they had some science that they tried there and had some significant improvements. And now they're doing that in the Fraser ecosystem, and we're seeing some significant – So, and this is project-related stuff. This is not really – the film doesn't really dive into it, but it touches right. on it, right? That's part mm-hmm. of it. So there's that, and then the work that Helen's doing through – the farm and the Kootenays, and it touches on that as well. And again, another, this could change the face of Movi, the, the, the face of Wild right. Sheep, is if yeah. Helen's treatment and her studies and her, the science that she's putting in and the money that we've spent as a society to support that could actually change the Wild Sheep, wild sheep forever. Really, a significant yeah, and a, and a big thing that, um, you know, getting into this wildlife biology space, um, when you get into it, and you talk to the day, to to these biologists and get to know their day to day and veterinarians. Their day to day is usually built upon a one way street where they see things going one direction, and that's decline. And as a human being, and as a personal motivation, and as a trying to stay positive and doing a good job in this in this work, wildlife biologists are not there for the money. I guarantee it. Um, they are there because they care deeply about wildlife because they're passionate people. So, you know, as we kind of got into this and learned more about it, uh, I remember talking to 
to Mr. Proctor about it. And um, he's like, very few, there's very few things that we do that we can see the result of being a positive impact. This work that, you know, thankfully, um, because the Wild Sheep Society BC has done so much funding and so much awareness of it that Chris is able to do this work. Chris and the team and everyone involved is able to do the work on the herd, uh, the Fraser herd. Um, it's one of the rare times that they've seen a positive impact happen during the work that they're doing. Usually, you know, you you kind of do these these um, projects and, and work in wildlife for you know future generations. That the hope that something will change and that it will create an impact down the line. But the work that they're doing on the Fraser um, is one of the rare rare things where they're seeing things bounce back and becoming a really not only positive thing but an energizing thing for for um, for the people on the ground actually doing the work. Um, and that was amazing to see. So the film, if you were to characterize it, you know, you talked about, you know, the hook and and then the meat of it and then, you know, the hope for the future. Is there hope? Is there, do, are people going to watch this and they're going to be inspired? You know, what does it look like coming out of this film for somebody that watches it? I know how I felt afterwards. I don't want to give away it way too much. I can tell you one thing. It's, it's incredibly emotive that there were tears shed, maybe not mine, but there were tears in the room. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a very it's an emotional journey, um, and and this is this is not this is not a science film. There's no science. There's there's three seconds of science that are very cleverly done. It's it's about emotion. It's about relationships. It's the it's a it's a human film that that yeah. anyone can watch. A, a ten year old can watch, it and they're probably going to ball yeah. their eyes. It's, what I like is it's it's we we scream science all the time. And not emotion, but this is done beautifully because we tie that emotion to the science, and it pairs. It pairs really, really well. And as you said, uh, I I stopped it a minute in and just said to the wife, holy crap. And she was doing the same thing. It was just a, and she's a rancher, right? She comes from a ranching family and it was just a, oh. So it, it tells the story beautifully for those that are clueless on what's going on. And uh, yeah, it, 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 as I said, it hit all the markers that I was looking for. At the end of the day, there's no secret to what we do as a production company. What we do is we focus on people and we let people tell those stories. Um, if you get the right people, that's where magic can happen. Um, you know, the right people that can tell those stories. And um, when we first met Helen, all of us were just like, oh my gosh, this lady needs to be a character and we need to um, just follow her with a camera because she is just, she's everything that we as filmmakers and storytellers dream of. Because she um, she has the whole package where she's validated in the industry, she's well respected, she <laughs> she's a goofball, um, she's intelligent, um, she's fun, she's serious, she's um, she's a leader, she's also a follower. It's, she's just everything, and she's amazing. So <laughs> all we did was we said we got to follow her, um, follow her lead, and and that's what we did. And we and we put her at the forefront and um, we see her go through this journey um, as someone, again, kind of talking about, you know, the, the biologists and veterinarians and these scientific professionals in this industry that are just trying to create science, but everybody else is, you know, has something to say and, and, you know, roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, whether it's funding, whether it's time, whether it's politics, whatever, always get in the way. And then there's these passionate people that are just trying to create science to move forward in some direction, even if 
it does if if it's the wrong direction or if it's an answer that's not the answer, you still need to decide if this is an an option that will work or not. So again, all that we all that we do as a as a company and all that we try to really um, focus on is is human beings because at the end of the day, people connect to people the most. Awesome. Yeah. Very well said. And yeah, you guys, you guys nailed it. You definitely hit the hammer on the head on that one uh, or nail on the head. Um, Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, there's, there's the hope piece at the end, you know, and, and where we're heading. Is there a sequel to this film? Is this a one and done? What does that look like? Would there be another, is there more story to tell? Because I've, I've talked to two people that have watched this film independent of me and they've said to me, they want more. They want that next story. Is there, is there more story to tell? Yeah, well, it's uh, there definitely is, and um, we're we're already in uh, working on the next one. Um, talking to uh, people and following up with them about what's next. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really want to say what it is specifically that we're doing, but yes, there will be a sequel produced for this. Um, I've already got clear direction from uh, um, from the society that they that uh, they want it. Um, so we're working on it. There will be more. Um, I think it was, uh, yeah, Chris Barker was one of the main proponents of like, oh, I want more. It's like, oh, that's good. That that's good engagement. That's that's the positive engagement that we that we want to create. So, okay, let's just talk a little bit about funding partners. Who 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 built this film? So obviously, Filter built it. You guys are the production team, the the film company that did it who who's behind it you know i say the wild shape study bc film but do you want to talk a little bit of who's involved who funded it where we got the support yeah so it was it was a pool of of funding mainly um um i guess um led by the wild shape society of bc um the main funder um we were closely with um hctf habitat HC Habitat Conservation Trust Foundation. Um, we worked with that. We didn't work with them, but they did pool and commit um, a substantial amount of funding towards the film. Um, and then we had um, the Wild Sheep Foundation, Wild Sheep Foundation Alberta, um, and a bunch of other sponsors. So the takeaway for me on this is is a hats off to the members of the Wild Sheep Society of BC for bringing this to fruition, that it's through the support, the, the work we do on the ground and through the donations and fundraising that's done that we were able to support this project. And this is an incredibly powerful educational tool that truly will be important in changing the work that's done to support wild sheep in the province. There's no question about that. Yeah. So let me just list off all the the funding partners. So yeah, obviously it was the wild sheep society and um, HCTF for that habitat conservation trust foundation. Um, We also had contributions from the wild sheep foundation, wild sheep foundation, Midwest wild sheep foundation, Alberta wild sheep foundation, Yukon, the Jurassic Classic and the Abbotsford Fishing Game Club and the Cabela's Canada Outdoor Fund grant. So that was kind of our our, our pool of everybody that contributed um, to the film. Awesome. And this has been a long ways in the making. So like you said, the HETF grant went in in 2018. So you guys started working on this in 18. In 19, we got the funding and that's when things kicked off. And so you talked about some delays. Just give us the... 30,000 foot version of what those delays were, you know, it's pretty obvious, but uh, for our listeners, you know, what's the big, what was the big roadblock? 
Yeah, I and I mean the obvious uh, roadblock that um, that was 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 COVID issues because a lot of the work that we had planned to do was door knocking, uh, being in people's houses, um, doing outreach um, in remote places, um, and and so that obviously uh, when COVID hit and and the pandemic was in full force, that was just not an option, um, and we actually had to. To, to pivot halfway through of kind of what our storyline was because some people weren't available and um, but yeah essentially it was it was it was COVID um, I'll pull that card with full confidence um, because that's what it was um, and uh, you know we had that kind of break um, during COVID where we were able to do some more filming and we we essentially my job was to just have conversations with people during these, these, uh, especially the first uh, bit of COVID to see what comfort levels were. And, you know, every once in a while we could, you know, if we're filming outdoors and we could go and get that scene filmed or, or work on that, but it was just being respectful of people and, um, just trying to move this forward as, as much as possible. And I think, I think uh, I think HCTF um, gets some props as well for being patient and um, you know allowing us to have extension on extension on extension um, for for uh, for the funding that was um, requested and given. So, um, but yeah, that's that's what it was, and that's the reality of it. Um, but I'm glad we're here where we are now. Absolutely, man. I am so stoked about this film and it's just, it's so powerful. I, I got a chance to watch it the second time um, when we got to, together at our Salute to Conservation. You did a screening for us there and just to be in that room with the directors and knowing that it's something that that one of our directors has worked so hard on to, to bring together. And I know for Chris, it's such a powerful thing as well because Chris Barker has been in the conservation arena for 25 years and mm -hmm. this is something dear and dear to his heart and um, and he's featured in the, he's in the film. He's one of the characters. Um, again, I've probably given away too much here, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Chris's passion for wild sheep goes so far back, you know, for 25 years and for him to watch that, it was pretty powerful to share that with him and see him and, and his reaction to it. So, you know, Matt, I, I, my hat's off to yourself, Tash, Dan, and, and the whole filter crew for, for a, a phenomenal film. I, you know, it's so exciting and I just can't wait to share it with our membership and see how it's going to move the needle for wild sheep conservation. I truly believe it. This is going to be an educational outreach tool that's never, never have we had as an effective tool as this film, in my opinion. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And again, it's, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face is that this wouldn't be possible without the society's um, leadership from the start of, of saying what the clear goal was of speaking outside of the echo chamber. That's leadership and also having the patience along the way and to, to tell us as creatives and filmmakers to make it best or make it better. Don't make it because of a deadline. Um, we can, we can, you know, uh, work through this pandemic together and we can, you know, make it good, make it good, make it good. And that enabled me and my team to make it good. Um, and we're, we're pretty happy with it. Um, we're pretty, um, I'm, I'm even more happy and excited to share it with the world and see those impacts that it's going to have. I was actually just a small tangent that's worth talking about. Um, I was talking with uh, Mr. Bill Jax uh, before this call. Uh, him and I talk all the time. Um, and he said one of the things that he's recognized at his level is that with the social structures and the 
Um, the way that people digest information these days, what we do in the film and media space is instrumental to guiding people's hearts and minds moving forward. So there's, I mean, thanks, Bill. That's a lot of responsibility, but it just speaks <laughs> to uh, the importance and the power that that the, these kind of things um, have. So it it um, if they're done well and if they're done properly and, and motivated well, which we all believe, I think that this is this is in the right place and it uh, touches the on the right parts of a human uh, to make change. Fantastic. Mr. Bone, I want to thank you for coming on today, talking wild sheep, talking about transmission, talking about films, talking about what makes you tick as a director. It truly is an honor to serve with you through the Wild Sheep Society of BC. Um, I, I love the lens that Jesse, that you bring to our board of directors. And, and I just, <laughs> I'm grateful for, for everything you do. And I'm super, super stoked about this new film. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm super excited to, to chat more and, and to share this thing with the world. Awesome.